You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the Honorable Judge this episode. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Time Cop was released in 1994 with a budget of $27 million and is a science fiction time-traveling action movie set in the, the futuristic year of 2004 and the edgy 1994. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Max Walker, a federal agent part of a secret organization called the Time Enforcement Commission, or the TEC, who is dedicated to protecting the temporal time stream from criminals who are traveling back to the past and committing unlawful acts. With a chip on his shoulder, Walker is a tough, no-nonsense cop who has previously lost his wife in a fatal house explosion, which may or may not have been caused by an evil senator looking to run for presidency once he has enough money to do so. Time Cop dives into the corrupted world of politics, a predictable story, and a non-logical approach to time travel. Let's discuss. All right, gang. This is a very special episode. First, we're doing the depositions format, so we're not going to have the whole adversarial courtroom setting. Basically, we're all on the same side and discussing it. Second, for the first time in COVID history, three of us, not all five, because let's be realistic here, but three of us are in the same room. Boys, sound off. We're also in one sleeping bag that we zipped up together. Tom. <laughs> hey, everybody. My name's Tom. You might know me as your favorite uh, Grindhouse Courthouse member. After this episode, I assume I will still be your favorite. Thank you. Thank you. Dave. It is me, Dave. Dave is in the middle of the sleeping bag, by the way. Very much a power move to put him there. And the warmest it could live. Time Cop sucks. Let me just say that right out of the gate. This is not a good movie. No, what Can we name a single thing about it that is good? I'll wait. Should we start by what's good with this movie? Jean-Claude has... Well, that is what I said. Jean-Claude has a great name. It's almost perfect. It's really good. It's almost <laughs> perfect. If he got like just a couple letters changed, it might be the best name ever, but it's still pretty close. So uh, that's a definite bonus. And I think we can all agree it's a power, powerful name. Yeah. Intimidating. Yeah. He probably got it off of a, uh, of a hairdryer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I liked house explosions, and there's lots. Yeah, credit where credit is due. That house exploding, fucking top notch. Uh, there's no way anybody survived in a three-block radius. The amount of flame shooting out. Uh, the neighbors probably would have noticed something, I'm sure. All right, now let's get into why this movie sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, we didn't we didn't mention Jean Claude's butt. That's a that's a positive, isn't it? Well, you only really see the top of his crack. You don't see inside his asshole, which is what you know. As a film goer, that's what I want. <laughs> I think I, we barely well, the, we almost did though. Like if the camera panned down just a hair, we could have seen the hairs of his anus. Just directly. It would have been great. <laughs> At least it gave us that like cliche, like 80s sex music as a warning. Cause I was watching this movie on my phone in a coffee shop and I'm like, oh fuck. Isn't there like full frontal nudity at this movie at some point? But thankfully, the saxophone sounded before the sex <laughs> scene began. So you could always be like, oh shit, lower it. And then I just looked normal by hiding my porn in a <laughs> coffee shop, like a normal guy. <sighs> This is what VR porn is all about, which is like yeah. this move. There's, there's a positive in this movie. It's kind of prophetic in some ways. And VR porn is the the number one version of this. 
There's well, yeah, VR porn is in the movie. Uh, what was a little strange is that the guy was doing it at his fucking job. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you guys don't do that. You can't. Ignore I, I that have. Fact. I have looked at a lot of porn at my job. I have never once brought my headset into work, set it up, and like was visibly masturbating when my boss walked in. Not one time. <laughs> they also got over that very quickly. Hey, why are you masturbating? This is my impression of Jean Claude Van. Why are you masturbating so much? Anyway, we need you to do this thing. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, that's a fireable offense. Like, what? Why are you over it so quickly? Doesn't the girl also like compliment on him on his like, collection of porn? Yeah, I think so. Sarcastically, yeah, because yeah. That, that was the thing. You, that was the thing you'd do in the nineties. You'd be like, you should open a museum or an exhibit, and then like the other guy would be. Uh, kind of bashful like oh i don't want to but this guy is like a porn addict so he's like yeah i've got hundreds of thousands of naked women at home on the walls <laughs> high fives himself i don't know if the whole movie was about that guy i think it might have been more entertaining yeah so should we get into what this movie's about a bit or yeah yeah why not I forget. <laughs> so right. well we have well, let's... We, yeah let's so let's start at the very beginning with the cold open of 1863 where we have some confederate soldiers that end up getting mauled down by i'm assuming a time bandit a time cop i don't think he's a cop i think he's a criminal of some kind but he is there to steal a shipment of gold uh that is going to fort knox i believe that's that's correct this movie very quickly establishes that the cops are also the criminals because all of the time bandits that we see are like related to the time enforcement agency in some way. That's just an important plot point. I'm sure is never going to come up again. <laughs> it's yeah. This, so is, this well, this is a sense. That's essentially the mission impossible conundrum, right? Like none of this would have happened if the time enforcement commission didn't <laughs> exist in the first place. It's almost like the safest way to police time is to break the fucking time machine. But ah, that's that's too difficult. I think it's better to have a bunch of government uh, employees and senators and a bunch of just random jackoffs sitting in a room and then another guy comes in and he yells at them like, time travel is real and we want you to create an enforcement agency to police it. And like, not one of them was like, that's a bad idea. We should just shut this whole thing down. That's how the movie starts, right? We're all we're all clear on that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's so they the walk. Next... They walk in. There's like a Washington meeting, and you have like yeah. some Joint Chief of Staff, and you have Secretary of Defense. Like all these important bigwigs come in, and basically there's this single guy. And does anyone remember the name of the senator or whatever, the good senator who's trying to pitch the TEC, the Time Enforcement Corporation, whatever the hell C stands for? I think it was Senator Young Obama. I think yeah. that's how we'll <laughs> yeah, remember that's, him. That is yeah. definitely his yeah. name. Scott okay. Lawrence so, was the yeah, actor. Yeah, Scott Lawrence. So this, I'd say in 99% of movies, this is where you'd get the explanation of time travel, right? Yeah. Yeah, typically. Yeah, and they and they they don't shy away from it. So that's, this is, I was talking to Tom about this earlier, but this is actually one scene that I did enjoy because they don't shy away from just diving right into time travel. The first scene, if you ignore the Confederate scene at the very beginning and you just jump into this, it is a man entering the White House and basically saying, hey, time travel exists. We need to protect this because we're already finding that criminals are going back or people are already going back in time because this is the easiest way to make money. So we need right. so enforcement. Is that a positive? <laughs> that is pretty creative to begin a time travel movie, not with like, 
meeting Doc Brown and him explaining how time travel works and how he's going to invent this fucking thing. I guarantee you, like, these studios, like, you got to include, like, some scene at the beginning to show that time travel's real. Yeah. But, like, the opening discussion of time travel is which, with a bunch of people who are like, we have no fucking clue how it works, but we know it's happening because these armed dealers just bought a bunch of weapons with Confederate gold. I think that's kind of cool. I like, think, that's I think so a pretty too. creative I, writing. They avoided the science because they knew they couldn't do it. So they're just like, nope, <laughs> it exists. <laughs> we just we just need okay. to police it. But that's not a positive for the movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is for a 90s movie about a time cop. <laughs> no, it, it could be smarter. By this point, like Back to the Future had already come out. We know that it's possible to make a good time travel movie. By this point, Back to the Future 3 had come out, the finest time travel movie ever made. <laughs> we should watch that. We should do that on the show. Yeah, this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Everyone's on board with that, right? So... Um, the 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 real big takeaway from this scene is that like oh they're not going to give us any answers on to how time travel works or like is it terminator where it has to like close itself up or does it create different timelines or whatever nope. the movie never gets into it yep well i think it's time once and for all to solve the time cop time travel rules oh jesus you want to get say? like we're like 5 minutes into this podcast you I, really want to get into the, i think we have time to time travel set- works in this movie <laughs> I want to get into oh, it as soon uh, as possible. We gotta discuss though. <laughs> when you're coming out with this time travel stuff, is the first thing you think of is building an enforcement or building just like the whole thing around it. Actual like people are gonna build it and use it, not just the enforcers. I thought jumping right to the enforcement or the police squad right. was very strange. See, this is what I this is what I find interesting because what Dave is describing is what I think 99% of time travel movies would have done. Yep. But what I find interesting about this is the continuity. Like the logic is it's it's incoherent because time travel is inherently going to be incoherent, but it starts from a position of we have no idea how time travel works. We just know it's happening, which makes perfect sense, right? Like the people who would be experiencing time travel initially would not necessarily be the ones who invented time travel. Yes. It might be further ahead so, in time. Yes. So the- but they do have the technology to figure out that it's happening. So the one explanation uh, that we're given is with this time travel in this movie, so their explanation from this point is that you can only go backwards in time. You can never go forward right. to the future because it hasn't happened yet, but you can only move backwards. So that's the only rule that they establish at the very beginning of this movie. Except doesn't that rule fall apart right yes. away? <laughs> like instantly. <laughs> instantly. So so you go back. The whole thing is about, they go through this like elaborate I mean, we can get into the, what the time machine looks like, but they go through this elaborate time machine process and they go back in time. And now once you're in a previous time, that becomes your current time. And then yep. when you go to your original time, you are traveling forward. So they actually do travel forward in time. Yes. I think it's more just like a save point. Like, that, that's <laughs> when no. they go back to the present, is it right when they left? It's like, is it no time has gone by for the people? Uh, or has time actually moved on well, equal to the amount of time they've been in the past? Yeah, so it, de- it depends on how you want to break this down. But time apparently does move forward with that last scene that we'll get to where Jean-Claude Van Damme finally reunites with his family. But going off of Matthew's points, them going into the past, their present is then the future. So how do they get back 
to their present time because that would be the future. So they're unable to travel to the future based on their own rules. So there's... Well, there's, remember, there's there's two forms of traveling through time in this movie. Yep. One is a rocket-propelled ship on rails <laughs> that splats you into a wall. The other is like a little like button that you press on your wrist that sends you back where you're supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah, it I, does, I, I like I, to say... So th- the the uh, so the the explanation of this that I found some I think it might have been the guys who wrote the comic book originally they say that time is kind of like gravity in that it takes a lot of effort or energy to get away from it and then to come back into their base time is a lot easier so you need this like rocket ship to go into a wall and you go through this whole thing and then when you're in the previous time you just have to touch your belt and go beep boop beep boop boop and then that's it. That you're back in your original time. Best sound effects. It's but nonsense. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's, it's, that's, it's, that is it's not, not bad good. for the 90s. They, yeah. All right. See, the problem is that they didn't explain that in the movie. No, no, it's they not. They didn't go outside the movie to get a little bit of that tidbit. They actually make it I had better. to do so much research to find this that. This is a thinking man's movie. You had to digest it. <laughs> yeah. You had to think about it for a while to really understand just how deep this time travel plot goes. But doesn't that kind of make sense? Like, even if it makes... Because time travel is never going to make sense. Like, look at Terminator. Terminator, how long ago did they lose the narrative thread because of time travel, right? Or even Back to the Future. Back to the Future loses the thread. This one, from the get-go, is, like, not trying to over-explain things because the ambiguity makes it better, in my perspective. It it makes it enjoyable, yeah. So the way that I, I feel about Time Cop is... They refuse to deal with any type of the paradoxes that they could potentially create. And they just follow like really loose threads of just like wonky yeah. ideas. So it has a lot of flaws with it, but I still found it extremely enjoyable. And I know so saying let's, that let's there's some set people up the against the antecedent it. action, and then we can get more into the time travel. Cause because the, the the action actually begins the whole conundrum of time travel in this, because the opening scene with Jean-Claude Van Damme is a time travel scene, right? His family, like his wife getting killed. Oh, well, okay. So those it, goons from the future? Are so those, those goons, goons are from the future. The they're, they're the future goons. They're the yeah, same guys from 2004. In the back end of the movie that show up to, to kill. So, yeah, yeah, we, 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 so there's there's two central time timelines here. We have 1994 when they first start to realize time travel is possible. They set up the TEC yep. and then 2004, which is basically the present as far as the movie is concerned. Yes. So stuff is happening in 94 at the beginning. And this is where we meet Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's like a regular cop. You know, regular American cop who definitely <laughs> has been in the country for his whole he life. Definitely doesn't have a weird accent. No questions asked why why he has the thickest accent you've ever heard. And he's married to Mia Sarah, from, who better known as Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Um, anyway, one thing. Okay, one thing with Jean Claude Van Damme because we've we've watched a lot of action movies, and it, you always get beat over the head with, "Oh my God." you're the best cop around and you don't play by the rules. We didn't really get that with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like we knew he was good, but nobody was really like hyping him up or stroking his ego throughout this whole movie. There was one cliche moment where his boss was saying like, he's a hot cannon and you know, he's doing his own thing and he's going rogue. But overall, like nobody was building Jean-Claude Van Damme's character up too much. So I thought it was enjoyable to get to know this character and to see his relationship with his wife that ends so abruptly with that amazing house just exploding 
after he gets beat up from futuristic <laughs> goons on his lawn. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Adam. Could you describe the character of Max Walker to us briefly? Yeah, he's without just... using his job as a crutch to explain, you know, what he is and what he stands for. And we've already we've already gone over his butt, so you can't use his butt either. Yeah, he's just a just a real cool dude um, that okay, uh, just yeah. wants to have the perfect life with his wife, maybe settle down to have a family. He's really good at his job, but, you know, it's kind of controlling in the sense that he has to be called out in odd hours. Um, but, yeah, just a real real cool guy. Real cool guy that just wants the help. He utilizes kicks as part of his professional um, <laughs> in law enforcement practice. He kicks a lot of people, yeah, which we learned from a pretty average purse thief who snags this old lady's purse. And to stop the purse thief, he like full extension, almost split kicks the guy. He's on rollerblades, by the way, because it's the nineties. And then he says the dump. Then he he keeps saying like nonsensical things to criminals. He's like, "Hey, I'll bet you don't do that when more time." <laughs> and you're like, "What? Flawless." <laughs> hey, read between the lines. <laughs> and the guy's like, "Fucking excuse me." And he says, "Get the person back to me." <laughs> And then he does. Yakov smeared up. My wife. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Anything he says, like, they force him to do these, like, one-liners after everything. But he, he probably, like, ad-libs them in broken English. Oh, they're so, so. bad. He can't, because he puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable for all of his stupid <laughs> lines. And they never, none of them land. And there, but no. there are some, like, good ones. Like, my favorite one is... To have a nice day, have a nice. So there's a guy like liquid nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen was a big thing in old '90s action movies, right? <laughs> it's basically so, a weapon. So some well, after Terminator Two, yes, yeah. it was very Terminator big. Two. It was in Demolition Man. It was in all of these like action star future. Like they have to do at least one sci-fi movie, and it has to have liquid nitrogen in it. And some guy gets like his arm frozen, and he kicks it and says, <laughs> "I think the line is supposed to be have an ice day." But he just says, have a nice day. And then that's it. <laughs> well, it's important to add, too, that the guy, when he gets his arm kicked off, is yelling and screaming and then plummets to his death. <laughs> but yes. a man is, this is just like, that's probably the best take they could have gotten. I just imagine uh, they're on set and it's just up and at him, up and at them, up and at him. It's just over, over and over again. And that's the best take they could have gotten. John, you're supposed but, to say have an ice day. That's what I say. I say have an ice day. No, have an ice day. Uh, but it's a vowel. It comes with an. No. <laughs> yes, technically. But then the audience, forget it. Just fuck it. Just take the first. Just take the first scene. Just kick the man's fuck arm it. off. Kick his arm off. Well, this this movie definitely definitely right, put these underwear on and get oiled up. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, like, that's essentially, like, all he's in this movie for, right? Like, he's in very good shape, he can do the splits, and he can kick well. Nobody was interested in what was coming out of his mouth, because, like, he doesn't really even drive the plot that much as the main character. Not really, right? I think, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually fair to say. It's also, like, his, <laughs> wi his wife dies, and then the whole point of this is time travel, and they barely address, if at all, the possibility of him going back in time and stopping his wife from getting killed. He's too good of a cop to do that. Was that right. They, they do clarify. They do clarify that he is expressly not allowed to do this. And here's where the great conundrum of the whole movie comes in. Okay. Did we all watch Loki? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
You in the audience, did you listen to it and watch it and stuff? Don't worry, okay. this episode will go out a year later, so. If you haven't watched Loki, go watch Loki first. Yeah. <laughs> we're spoiling We're spoiling Time yeah. Cop and Loki. Okay, so I I think I think it it kind of is a is a helpful more explicit explanation for what kind of logic Time Cop is working with, even though I don't think they ever worked it out in Time Cop, which is there is a single timeline with potential branches yeah. coming off of it and those branches can go off and become their own timeline but basically us as the viewers are following a single timeline and that's the purpose of the tec is to preserve the integrity of this this one timeline from irregularities such as this uh, partner of jean-claude Damme. so maybe we'll just fast forward a bit so jean-claude van damme he's the cop he gets called up to join the tec it's brand new 1994 Time agents show up, kill his wife, blow up his house. He's bitter, but basically goes, joins TEC. Ten years later, 2004, that's when the story really kicks up. Yeah, yeah. So the main storyline is following that. That his wife died, that he became a TEC agent, and that one of these senators, the main bad guy, not Matuzak, Macomb. Macomb. So Macomb, one of the one of the main, one of these early chiefs of staff who learned about time travel back in 94 he's trying to take over the world matuzak is basically just another <laughs> more benevolent senator so so we have this one major timeline that all that happened in 94 leading up to 2004 so the express rule with jean-claude van damme in 2004 is he can't go back to 94 and change that but if people from the future are going back and fucking up with this timeline he's allowed to go and arrest them and whatever and that's where we start with his ex-partner in 1929, right? Yeah, 19, uh, 1929, Wall Street, during the oil boom. I think you'll Wall find Street it clocks. was during the crash. Yeah, because the crash. most people don't fling themselves off of buildings when their <laughs> stocks are doing well. <laughs> or that. But he was there to make money, right? Like, he was there expressly to yes. do something with the stock market and make money. And that's and, the oil and so boom. He's... Oil was taking off at this time. That's what he was investing. Okay, anyway. So the purpose that Jean-Claude Van Damme gets sent back is basically to deal with this guy, this ex-partner who's taking advantage of the timeline to make money, because that's basically what the, the, the entire criminal enterprise is to make money. Like, there's no other motivation, it seems like. Correct. But they're, um, they're making money for Macomb. All right. this money is it always going back to, to the senator so he can run for president. This is the weirdest right, conceit. Cool for what you would use time travel for i've ever heard of <laughs> right it seems extremely limited like the president and you're still running for the president's like if i were i'd be like i'd be making myself king of america or something <laughs> like that like <laughs> it seems extremely feasible like mm -hmm. the, the goal of like we are going to use time travel to make a bunch of money and run a completely legal campaign to be elected president <laughs> of the United States. If you're going to do it, you do it right, Dylan. That's, yeah. well, that's as far as like way. evil criminal like masterminds go, like this one's not that bad. Actually. <laughs> like, with, that's, that's, aside the that's, that's another question. Though. Like Macomb, when he first meet like his old self in 94, when he's doing that, like, that weird business deal with the oh, computer guy, God. he was just like a normal dude and he seemed pretty legit, like normal guy. Yep. And then like, he just turned super evil after that. Because he, he lost all his money from that chip. Yeah. And then, yeah, then he became, like, killing people out of nowhere. So I think he was like, a normal guy. Yes, he definitely was normal. And then as the years progressed, he became more and more jaded. And then with time travel, mm -hmm. he was able to go, you know what? 
this is my chance. This is my one opportunity to make enough money so I can become president of the United States with no clear motive of what I'm going to do or how I'm going to rule. But it's just, I just want the title. I want also, the also the, the, the idea that he just goes, I have a whole bunch of money, one line equals president. That's how it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's multiple scenes where they reinforce that, right? Where he's trying to say, like, it doesn't matter what the electorate, as long as we've got money, I'm going to win the presidency. And then he starts, like, breaking his staffers' noses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, just this worked out so perfectly for Mike Bloomberg, right? You just throw money in an election, <laughs> and then you become president. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, <laughs> <Exactly>. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> With, like, if you, uh, like, I don't know, you've ever... Um, like you've ever thought to yourself, you do something embarrassing or you say something awkward and you go, oh, I wish I could, you know, travel back in time and fix that. If he's running for president, he could just go do that. And so, oh, turns out my policy wasn't good. It wasn't what the electorate wanted. And then he could just go back in time and change his policies. He doesn't even have to do this, like stealing Confederate gold, yeah. all this nonsense. You do it the best. No, 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 no. You take a guy, you put him in a trench coat, you send him to go steal some Confederate gold <laughs> with a bunch of tech nines with laser sights. So how else are you supposed to do this? I would like uh, to see if, like, he was able to succeed, what kind of candidacy he ran. Like, <laughs> just like, what if he didn't get the vote and uh, he failed? Someone else became president. Like, that's the movie I want to, con like, continue onwards with. So, wait, you're saying what if a grifter didn't get elected as president and then had to do something with all of the money tied up in his packs? Is that what you're saying? Sounds vaguely familiar for some reason. <laughs> this movie was prophetic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So with that, all that set up, so we, we, we learned that Macomb is kind of the guy pulling all the strings. Yes. And basically we know that we know that somebody had sent back time bandits to kill Jean-Claude Van Damme's wife just as he was about to join the TEC, presumably because he did join the TEC and in 2004 would become like a lead investigator of Macomb. So I think pretty early on, I put two and two together. I'm like, okay, Macomb probably sent those guys back to kill his wife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't. I know they revealed it later, but like pretty early on, you're quite heavily suspicious of this. Yeah, you don't have a lot of characters to pull from of who could be the villain. In right. This, uh, Are you like that from like the first meeting though? Well, like, yeah. Like, you like they pan like directly to him, and he's like twitching his eyebrow. You're, like, he's, oh. he's he's literally twirling his mustache. <laughs> or someone's yeah. like, does anyone anybody yeah. want to oversee this like time authority that could just like you know if you had control over it, you could make yourself president or something i don't know and everyone at the table is dead fucking silent and staring at their feet except for right. one guy who's like i'm brave enough to be corrupt <laughs> anybody could have seen this coming <laughs> but not the time cops yeah but here so to get back to the the question of how time travel works in time cop we are immediately at a contradiction with the death of his wife right so again we're talking about this main timeline that they're obligated to enforce. They're an enforcement agency. They're trying to enforce something, some kind of temporal continuity. Surely his wife's death is a divergence from that continuity. Yeah. Is it the fact that they don't know that it is? Does he just think it was a targeted assassination? Why are they not allowing him to, to go after and protect his wife? Because that's explicitly told them he's not allowed to go and save I guess, his wife. So it's, it's where does it end, right? If he was to go back to do that, then another agent would be able to go back to do another, do a different item in the past, right? Or correct a, correct a wrong. So it just continues and continues and builds. And then you just have but more no, chaos. like he was already correcting the wrong. Right? But if he saved his wife, he was doing his job. He was correcting a divergence in the timeline because 
it was time bandits who killed his wife. But we didn't. Yeah. Okay. So this is where it gets messy because we don't know that originally. So that story has to play out in order for him to go back to correct. So I think. Ah, I, I see what you're saying. What you're saying here is that the movie should just take place regardless of any sense that it makes to the audience for the purposes of drama. No, I'm saying I don't think it's a linear linear like movement of time. I think there are branch branch realities, I think or branch it timelines for this to work. It has it kind of, well, there has to be because yeah. there's multiple people in single times, yes. right? Like, yeah. 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 The, the other question is, how do they know when someone is going back in time? Like, <laughs> I think they just have a computer. It's like, oh, there's a. Anomaly here in 94 in Washington. Like, no, it's dumber than that. That's a level four anomaly oh, yeah, sorry. in Washington. <laughs> so, do they have that, like, way back then? Or is that something they invented in 2004? Well, they talk about ripples, right? They yes. keep talking about ripples. As early as 94, they're talking about ripples. In a pond. Like, in a pond. <laughs> I don't know. That was just kind of speculated. Like, time is a pond. Back in time, there could be a ripple. But then, did they have the computers already set up way back then? No, that guy was just talking out of his ass because he's like, "We think time travel's already happened. Someone paid gold bullion from the Confederate into blobbity blue, and like um... when they could have easily found it in a boat in the middle of Sahara." <laughs> exactly my point. <laughs> it's not that strange. It's not that weird. And then also, can they pinpoint? Because there's only one person working on time travel. Yeah, this. This, and if they did have someone go back there, then they would know instantly it was that one fucking dude. This is where Time Cop fails, the TEC fails, but if you were to like apply the Loki rules with the TVA where they have a monitoring of a one singular timeline and they know where these events are happening and they can compare them, then it works fine. But we don't see that with Time Cop. We don't know what is the main no, timeline that they're monitoring we, because we they, get, see it. they get confused, though. But we're like an event... But part event of, happens in the past. No, because like the masturbatory VR porn guy was like, "It's a level four. and then he like, <laughs> right. like he's typing himself <laughs> in his computer, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's level six now." And then I'm also like the exact point in time and place. I'm also confused how many people have access to the time travel technology because it, at one point it's kind yeah. of implied that it could be like because there's the time enforcement commission, that means that it could be any number of people like and in. in count a, a number that cannot be counted could be doing this but then later in the movie it's implied that there's basically only two of these machines the one that the tec uses and then this undestroyed prototype that the original inventor had which is the one they forgot so about it's which they forgot about apparently apparently that somebody keeps going back in time i don't know where they're doing this gee gee golly ah oh. <laughs> that's a major plot point for like 75% of the movie before someone's like, of course, the prototype. Oh, <laughs> of course, the other person who has nuclear weapons did this. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> well, like basic police work, right? It's like, okay, there's only one way to get onto this road. Let's just sit here and wait and see what happens, right? But <laughs> I don't no, know. No, they just have that one guy with the, watching VR porn out of one eye, and then he's watching some <laughs> other monitor that says, oh, it's a level four. Well, anyway. Okay. So best we can figure, the purpose of the TEC is to preserve their vision as best they can gather the no of a normal, predictable timeline, what is supposed to occur. Sure. Based on more or less 1994's view of the world. So here's what I think. So pre-94, they'll have a pretty clear idea of what was supposed to happen. So if Joe Schmo becomes super rich on oil prospecting in 1929. They're like, yeah, we fucking remember that. That guy did not get super rich in 1929 
So they'll have info. But anything after that, well, they're just trying to play catch-up, basically. The so problem. they're not sure. Because they're not the 2004 that created the timeline, right? They're 94 people who then eventually caught up to it. So they, as far as they knew, his wife did die under normal, terrible, but non-time-related <laughs> circumstances, which is why he can't change it. Badass circumstances. Right. Badass explosion <laughs> circumstances. But wait, wait, but how does, that, how does that work? That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so they come to the realization that time travel is possible in 94, yeah. right? Yeah. So let's say they say, okay, how is this time enforcement commission going to work? It would be to have a very clear idea of history. Yes. Of historical documentation of how history is supposed to work up to 94. That's totally good. But you've seen the last scene when he comes back that one time. Everything up to that point in 2004 has been completely changed. Which point so, in the movie are you talking about? The end. And the end. Like, Straight up at the he's end. Back, he's like, oh man, I had this really weird adventure and all this stuff happened. Everyone's like, oh man, no, that like, you don't make any sense. But all that changes is the time between 1994 and 2004. Uh, right? The death of the wife, up to the death of the wife, and then up to 2004. That's all that changes. Okay, I see. But they won't. They, okay. But at so the moment the of the creation of the Time Enforcement Commission, they will not have knowledge of what happens for the next ten years because they're not in contact with two thousand four yeah. Time Commission. Yeah. But will that matter though? It if would matter back, only for those ten years and moving forward, of course. But if they go back, all the memories change anyway. So how would you know anything was different? You just blew my mind, man. Like that's paradox. <laughs> because, the, but the second, because the second that he would have saved his wife, his wife would have never been dead, and all of his memories would have happened, and then the entire plot would have never happened. And then we wouldn't have a movie. This movie, this movie just canceled itself out of existence. <laughs> and what about that scene when he goes back and he fucks his own grandma? <laughs> There's actually a movie about that. Oh, really? <laughs> Where a guy is it called? Fought, no, it's even crazier. It's with Ethan Hawke. Oh, yes. I think it's called. Fuck. What is it? Yeah. I got no, it. it's actually crazier. He fucks himself yes. as a hermaphroditic woman. <laughs> yeah. To create himself. Predestination. Oh man. Predestination. Yeah. The greatest of all time. S fuckeries. Spoilers for anybody that wanted to watch that movie. <laughs> Sorry. It's, well, also you Sorry. too. Doesn't Futurama also do that though? Fry go back and fucking like great, 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 great. Grab. Oh, it could be. I can't remember. Oh yeah. There's, there's at least one time travel. And they're, they're, they're like sitting in the dining room. Like you did do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know the funny thing about all of this is like they always there's the assumption here that if you go back into the past and you change absolutely anything, then it is going to make the future worse. What about the possibility yes. that you just make it better? Like, what if you go back? What yeah. if killing Hitler isn't so bad? They they said that in the second <laughs> sentence scene of this movie. And to get this out of the way, you can't go back and kill Hitler. Kill Hitler. The Holocaust happened, and we want to make sure that the Holocaust happened. If you stop the Holocaust from happening, something worse will happen. I, it's silly. What if we go? So, so, what if we go back into the future and everyone so, everyone's heads are made out of donuts? <laughs> but we get this. That's a better we, future. We just do trial runs though. Like go back, kill Hitler, and go back to the future. And like, oh man, this is pretty shitty. Let's go back and stop myself from doing that. You're abusing time travel. Like, but we do. Have, like, but we do see this though in the movie. We actually get a glimpse of a better future. So the moment that happens is when Macomb from 2004 interacts with Macomb from 1994, and he tells him, "You need to purchase or become a partner of this chip manufacturer because this is going to give you billions of dollars." Or sorry, one billion dollars, not billions, sorry, just one billion. And when that progresses forward, 
Jean-Claude Van Damme goes back to the future of 2004, and there's a new name on the, the TEC, and we see Richard, the, the VR nerd that's addicted to porn, is actually a classy person. So we get, like, a better positive future, which then Jean-Claude Van Damme jumps back from <laughs> and goes back to his main 1994 timeline. So but, it, it does play on that idea, but yeah. it just doesn't... But can you base the, a better future on just one fucking person? Yes, that guy was disgusting, That guy was garbage. Uh, he had a problem. <laughs> what you need to practice is compassion. Thank you. Now I'm with Adam. That guy made the world a worse place. <laughs> Also, the to be fair, if I walked in on somebody like with a big boner and a VR helmet on at my office, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be having a good day. No, but now, now imagine that's gone. He's boom, boom. he's got a nice haircut. He's speaking in full sentences, and he's not creeping over women. Uh, there's no sexual harassment in the office anymore. It's just business as usual. So, but if he did that teacher. every day, it would become kind of normalized. And you just go, oh, Randy, yeah. jacking off at your desk again. Come on. It's only it's only 10 a.m. You lovable scamp. You office trickster making me look at your erect penis again. <laughs> Gee golly. Because that's how the movie yeah. portrays it, right? It's not, like, just sexual, to be clear. <laughs> not sexual harassment if you're dead inside. <laughs> um Okay. Oh my god. Okay, that's so we lost the thread of this whole story because we're jumping around with time travel, much like Time Cop does. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the vehicle, the main way that they travel through time? I know we've hinted at it, but do we want to dive into it? Well, maybe the main intrigue of... I I, I think it's worth talking about all the modes of transportation (laughs) in the future year of 2004. (laughs) Yeah. In the year 2000! You know, like, in, in, in a lot of movies, like Minority Report, they try to do, like, balanced depictions of the future. Like, oh, you know, we're still going to be using concrete, but maybe it can be curved and the cars can run on magnets and fly upside down. You're like, oh, neat, it looks kind of realistic. Uh, Time Cup went in the opposite direction. They said, what if we took a sedan and just started gluing silver shit to it? And uh, they finished it and were like, wow, that was really hard. I guess time to do the other cars. And then they didn't do any other cars. They just had the one. Every time someone gets into the car in the future, you just see... You have the, the presidential like white limo, and then you have uh, John Claude's like. Well, weird. I'm fairly confident the white it was limo the same was vehicle. normal, but John Claude Van Damme's police car was not normal at all. It looked like shit. It looked like a Total Recall car. Uh, yeah, so they but, just took that from their set. But like Total Recall is fun, and I like it. So <laughs> I'm saying they just took that car from that set and they painted it because it's so lazy. What what year was uh, Back to the Future Two released? Uh, 1989. I felt no like, one looked that up. Audience, don't look that up. <laughs> I felt there was like very much an influence on styles. Of like, what do you think they'll wear in the year 2004? They're like, well, they'll probably glue metal shin pads to their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I we, think those mullets, guys. <laughs> I think mullets are due for a resurgence. <laughs> and hoop earrings. We laughed so hard oh once we saw God. those guys. Those like, guys, they look. threw us out of Elvis. Like, they look like they, they wandered in from us. Like, they're extras on a set of Mad Max and Thunderdome. And they just kind of like stood there like, oh. Okay. Oh, I guess we're the villains. You know what they reminded me of? Who were those like uh, the like small villains for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Bebop or Rocksteady? Yeah, yeah that's who I the, the vibe I got from those two. <laughs> they did it. have the maybe st- there's a connection. It was like Bulk and Skull. Yeah, I was just gonna say they're the bad guys from Power Rangers. Bulk and Skull. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That's what the vibe you get from them. They're about as effective too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but anyways, what's really important to talk about is like, okay, you got your future cards. That's one thing, but uh, you know, um, if if you're gonna build a time travel machine that needs to go quickly. 
uh, there's only one way to do it, right? And that's with like a rocket car on rails that leads to an abrupt stop that is just like a brick wall. <laughs> right. It's the only way to do it, right? Right. Of course. Well, then I guess we're done. We covered it. <laughs> Why put a wall there? <laughs> <laughs> to give a good warning for the future people to see when it fails. Two red giant splotches, not in line. Okay, but yeah, here's the thing. So on the rocket car, uh, they're, they're strapping him in and like, you know, the top comes down. It's like, uh, if you ever played Wing Commander, it looks like one of those cockpits. And uh, they strap him in and then like Jean-Claude Van Damme is going back with internal affairs lady because like his partner was just popped for doing illegal shit. So she's like, hey, motherfucker, stop being a solo act. Now I'm coming to time travel. So they strap her in and she's in there and she's like, what are those splotches on the wall? And he's like, those are the uh, Volmer <laughs> twins. They smash into the wall and die. And she's like, oh, no. Um, but the thing is, it's like they're sitting behind and in front of each other. If someone was to crash, don't you think the it would just be one big splotch, not two splotches side by side? I'll wait Let for me tell answer. you a thing or two <laughs> okay. about the double slit experiment, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's so they you, we keep forgetting that there is like a big giant like Stargate thing in between where the the track of this rocket ship and the wall. So what if? They like hit the rocket ship thing, which just has like a little narrow slit in, in the middle of it. And then so essentially, if you look at it, then they're going to make two splotches on the wall. But if you don't look at them when they're getting crushed, then it'll make an interference pattern. Science. Yeah, it's the observer Ooh, effect. Exactly. Right? Like we've we've covered this in the past. Got it. Uh, so when when they travel back in time and I might be mixing up different trips with different mechanisms, but when they travel back in time, do they appear in the vessel? Or do no. they appear <laughs> They get ejected. Fancy disappear. When where, you travel back in when time? When do they get ejected and how? The ship just deletes itself from existence. But then it okay. comes back in. the timeline, and it's just like a taxi cab waiting for you. So do back. they have to build a ship every single time? No. So no, when you come back, they're magically in it. When they go, when they go back... So when they go back to 1994, they use the ship. Uh-huh. It ejects them to the that time, so 1994. But when they need to go back to 2004, yeah. they push their little buttons. They do the beep, boop, beep, boop. Uh-huh. And then they appear in their pod going through the portal, the, the slit that uh, Matthew was describing. So the pod still exists. It just hides in some weird interdimensional plane outside of time does and space. that interdimensional <laughs> plane also allow it to turn around yeah because, oh like, absolutely it goes out one way but it comes back facing so the other. yeah yeah they've all been driving cars <laughs> yeah but it's not a car it's just a train that's like a rocket that you strap yourself to and this guy so apparently the 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 little guy with his vr jerking off headset he can pick where in space you can send you back in time so he like is real cheeky and he sends it back in time to drop him into a lake or whatever God, fuck that guy. But That's apparently, yeah, but apparently in the people? original, yeah. in the comic book, I looked this up. In the comic book, the way it works is that the pod comes with you. So when you land in the past, yeah. the pod is there and then you get up and then it kind of transports back to the future or its original time or whatever. And, and that would make that would make more sense. But I don't know why they didn't do it in this movie. It's got to be. But I just want to look. Look at the car. Look at the car that John claude is driving. They just glued a bunch of <laughs> plastic, metally looking shit to a Winnebago. Like that's the budget. They spent all the budget on the special effects. I just want to point this out to any of the viewers that we actually have listening. We watched this movie yesterday, and now we're recording the podcast one day later, so it's only been 24 hours. The amount of research that Matthew has put into this movie in such a short <laughs> period of time, yes, I'm just going to say kudos for that. He, he read the comics, yeah, he watched the behind the scenes. 
played the video game. I got to tell you, all I'm, out for this. I'm on real thin ice at work, though. I didn't really do any of my real job. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, Matt, Matt had to quit work. Uh, take all, used up all his holidays, used up all his sick days. So we could really use some help. Anyway, our Patreon is. Uh, <laughs> How are we doing with those sponsorships? Um, is Apple? Oh man, Apple is coming in any day now. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Okay, where are we? Oh. Where are we in this movie? So we I'm lost. We, so, like, all right. So, yeah, they're in the ship, and internal affairs lady is like, let's go have an adventure. So they do. They go back to 94. They jump in the lake, and uh, then they dry themselves off. They immediately go to find the chip maker, the yes. man who makes chips that cost the senator a billion dollars. Yeah. What they do get chips do? Uh, they're chips. Chips. Oh, you can just, put... straight up just computer chips? That's all it is? Yeah. They're, they're computer chips. What 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 more could you possibly want to know as someone in 1994 watching Time Cop? I thought maybe that company was directly related to the Time. No, no, uh, no. But it was because every time he looks at the thing in the pod, he's like, "Does it say the right name?" And then at the end, it does. Oh, it's like oh. Word Parker Industries or something. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's, it's oh, but that's that just co- but it's okay. It, it does, but that's just a confirmation that they're in the original time. I thought you meant like the time chips were a part of. Well, they they had to be. Why would you just have like a logo there for some industries in your time enforcement? Well, I think the implication is it's like it's like IBM or something. <laughs> yeah, it's you... like it's it's not BBM or something stupid like that. They should have done that. I know. It's like no, it was just a stand-in for like IBM, and that's yeah. fine, right? Could you imagine being a secret organization? And then have a sponsor on your wall. Why include that at all? Like, just have a bunch of fun. They didn't know how time travel and making money would work other than... All right. We have infinite knowledge of the past. What do we do? Let's go rob some guys. <laughs> Not, don't invest. Yeah, don't invest into Google Literally or Amazon. Invested a hundred dollars in like Yahoo and had a trillion times more money. And they're like, even that, I, let's rob some fucking Confederate hicks of gold, <laughs> which did not appreciate in that much value no. in that timeline. <laughs> Even Biff brought a sports almanac back with him. and Fucking Biff had the almanac and just bet on sports. And he's one of the dumbest motherfuckers in cinema. Oh, oh. Yeah, fuck. I think during our viewing, we were actually, yeah, criticizing Macomb for that, where he was saying, don't invest in software. Don't look into any of these other options. It's all about this one chip because it'll make me $1 billion. And it was, it was very clear that it was just $1 billion. But again, if he was to invest that into Amazon, he would be the richest man in the world. Well, like, Shame go back to the 60s and invest in IBM or Xerox yep. or, yep. I don't know, atomic bombs. I don't, I don't fucking know. Anything other than what they did. <laughs> yeah, invest so, in so, atomic bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, hello, Manhattan Project. What are you up to here? Anyway, I got this money I'm happy to invest in. <laughs> Do you think the government would hey, have what, taken your 20 bucks? What's the on these atomic bombs? Alio Oppenheim would just quote the Bhagavad Gita and be like, what the hell are you talking about the yield on those returns is in like megaton range (laughs) um plus i don't think you make much money on atomic bombs (laughs) (laughs) it was a big industry for like 10 years i guess was this oh shit was this the scene i'm just trying to recall it from my memory but like was this a scene so there's the whole action scene where jean-claude van damme jumps in because you have macomb 1994 Macomb and 2004 Macomb, and they're trying to push this deal forward with the the chip manufacturer, and Jean-Claude Van Damme is there to stop them. Was this the moment that we realized the reason why Jean-Claude Van Damme was unable to pin this on Macomb previously is because he didn't have evidence, so he's trying to collect that now? And we made the comment that 
what if he just had a body cam on himself at this moment yeah. to record this incident? This would stop all cases of Macomb, you know, like he, he's the criminal. We've we've captured him rather than Jean-Claude Van Damme having to chase him through time. Well, before we get there, we got some really stupid shit to talk about. So he's in he's in the box with the factory and the chips and stuff, right? And then it turns out that internal affairs lady is evil, uh, and she disarms Jean-Claude Van Damme so he can go on, like, a punching, kicking spree on all the goons that are assembled. Then the senator shoots her for some reason. Do we do you remember why she shot him? No. Or he shot her? I think he wanted to clean up anyway. the evidence. Essentially, <laughs> the evidence. So it's all about the evidence. So then he, he punches and kicks his way out of that situation and like jumps back to the present where he realizes that like his future has changed. Things are different. It says a different name on the side of the wall. And also, um, they're getting shut down. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then he gets talking to his boss and his boss says, well, I need evidence because, you know, that's a thing you could do when realistically, like if you're going back in time, you would want to limit uh, the amount of technology you're taking back. Right. Because like if I dropped a digital camera in like a 16th century monastery, uh, like someone would notice. Right. That might be bad. Uh, I forgot where I'm going. Anyway, body. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. What, the, what they need is. OK, there's a reason like the FBI has bureaus in different places around the country. Why the fuck would the time agency not have different bureaus situated at different points in time to confirm basically variations from the timeline for this exact reason Mm. that someone went back in time and fucked with the time agency? Whereas if they were far enough back, let's say in 1920, they'd be like, oh, no, that's not how the timeline's supposed to be that your timeline has definitely been affected. Then they fight to the death to see which timeline succeeds, right? (laughs) But they would have, they'd have multiple bureaus throughout like every hundred years or something. Yeah. And they're just, they're basically operating so that they can have stop gaps against these kind of variations. So add on that. Should we be writing this down? Because this sounds like a good This actually could be a good movie. (laughs) This is better than my idea for Time Cop 2, which we can get to later. (laughs) But to add on to that though, wouldn't a committee have some type of like, book to double check like if someone came back from mission and is like telling you yes. man all this is different like this is not how it's supposed to be instead of just being like you're full of shit and not believe you <laughs> like wouldn't you have like well you can't have a book because the book would have never been but, come into existence if, if the timeline is changed if you're an agent trained, like if someone comes back yeah, like speaking yeah, what if you, yeah, if you're like completely random shit, you would actually listen and like look into Time it. Cop is the most intelligent time travel movie ever. <laughs> 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 That's for Dylan. We'll never, what if you uh, went back to a time before the codex was invented and you had this book? Ooh. Oh my god, it would blow their minds. But the thing is, like, apparently they've been working as these time agents for the past 10 years. And if you're if one of your agents comes in and says something's off, you would know that something has changed in the past that you need to correct, even though you may not recognize it. But because you work with an agency that deals with time travel, you should be able to go, yes, okay, something is definitely wrong then. But they just like slide yeah, that yeah. under the rug. Well, they don't even like, we don't fucking believe you. Those guys are so fucking incompetent. Like their top agent rolls in being like, it's all wrong. We've got to change everything. And they're like, I don't know if we're going to do anything about that. Really? Do you have any pro <laughs> like his word wouldn't be enough? Okay. Okay. I, don't, I don't think I like this movie. <laughs> so anyways, so yeah, yeah he, but... he gets sent back to correct the timeline where uh, the evil Senator has control everything. So he goes back to 1994 again to do find what? To find the girl. Like I thought she got shown in the face. Yeah, we no, she was just injured. She's injured back. But she acted. She acted like she got shot in the face. Her head went yeah. back. Yeah, okay. They're like, we gotta go back and see if she's all right. And then he pulls out his PDA. 
Okay. Okay. So he takes out his 2004 PDA, which looks like a 1994 PDA, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, he he connects it to a phone, like he rips the phone out of the hook yeah, and then connects it the the bare wires to his PDA. Yep. Uh, he then somehow gets into some system which can just like list. All of a patient's information, um, like where they're admitted, what room, what color hair they are, uh, <laughs> what they've had for breakfast, and it's all just there at his fingertips. The movie doesn't like stop and explain it, or like it doesn't even try to explain it. It just assumes that we're dumb shits who like don't understand anything about how electronics work, uh, and carries on. And I think that's very indicative of the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> but, but from this, we get Jean-Claude Van Damme going to the hospital to make amends with the bad partner, but then he also learns that his wife was pregnant because he finds her blood sample and it says pregnant on it. So now he wants revenge. It's he, a double homicide. Yeah, it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> he was fine with his wife being murdered, but now knowing that he could have Kill a child. Kill my wife? That's okay. <laughs> Kill my wife and unborn child? You've gone too far. <laughs> So, yeah, he talks to Internal Affairs Trader Lady, finds the blood, goes back to Internal Affairs Trader Lady to tell her what exactly. Oh, I, I, have no <laughs> I need you to come with me to the future to, uh, as evidence or proof or, or something. Yeah, he needs her for evidence. And she's, she's agreed to what testify against McComb. Testifying against him. Yeah, actually to do anything. So she's the linchpin. He probably shouldn't have left her alone knowing that, like, at any time, someone could just appear and kill her, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also, but he's, <laughs> she's also like, I need you to come to the future to testify against Macomb. Because Macomb has set up such a shitty, shitty villainous plot that, like, literally one person testifying against her would be like, well, that brings the whole <laughs> castle down, doesn't it? Right? So my other question is, couldn't they just go back? further in time to kill yes that is always yes. the answer go back <laughs> yeah, further you just in keep time. going yeah. you keep correct i just send a t-1000 back to the like middle ages just chill in a puddle or something and then kill john connor's great-grandfather right <laughs> easy yeah but, but anyway you can't you can't kill hitler what does that even mean <laughs> you're clearly violating it Every second, because you killed his wife in the first goddamn scene. You killed all those Confederate soldiers. That seemed to not affect anything. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme himself kills a few people in that 1929 Wall Street office. The, the fisticuffs guys. Right. Yeah. So, does he? so is it more you shouldn't kill Hitler than you can't? Is that is that the, the takeaway? Like, you can definitely it's do it. Like, you can 100% kill Hitler. <laughs> but if you do, maybe something worse will happen. Maybe. Maybe. So anyways, he goes back into her room. And you hear the pulse monitor beeping. It's going beep, beep. And she's looking away. And you're like, why won't she look at him? It's so strange that her heart is beating, but she won't look at him. <laughs> fucking heartbeat. And then he reaches over. And as soon as he touches her chin, fucking flatline. She's dead. She's gone. And then he looks over and sees this, like, uh, something in her IV lock. Uh, poison, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, a nurse comes in and says, hey. What are you doing? As he's clearly like looking at a corpse going like, oh my God, my lead, my only lead. And then he gets chased out by the nurse who keeps screaming, security, security, that guy, he's willing to kill. He's definitely willing to kill people. I know that he's a murderer. And then he can't quite catch the time goons 
Uh, he gets out of the hospital, and then he goes to meet his wife at the mall, right? He gets out of the hospital in the best way. Well, how does he get out? Just jumping out a window blindly. <laughs> yeah. There was no guarantee that wasn't 18 stories up and he was falling to his death. There, he had no fucking... No, the window was tinted. There was, like, no sign of what was below. He just... Blindly. And he, he didn't even, like, break the window and look down. He jumped straight through the plate glass, plate glass window. So, like I said, he gets out of the hospital. It's out. not important. You could use Wait, the front door. Who had the better hospital escape? Steven Seagal <laughs> in Hard to Kill or Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie? Oh, that's so tough to compare, though. Like, Steven Seagal's was like an artful, like, if someone comes through this door, I'm going to poke him in the face. Whereas Jean-Claude is just pure emotion, just raw, jumping through plate glass windows. I don't know if you can compare <laughs> the two. I think they're uh, I think they're very different. Can we talk about the... Not the main bad guy who's Macomb, but the main goon. Which which, which one? one? There's like two he's really like, tall. He's like six foot eight, and he's got a fucking black mullet, and he wears metal shin pads and stuff. Oh my god! They're they're listed as he's Mac- the guy who gets his neck busted he- by Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> outside the rain. He's got outside like the rain. loose leather pants and like a leather jacket and like a bright multicolored shirt underneath. Okay. I got, I got the feeling like, was he intimidating at all, or was he just kind of like a tall guy who was out of shape, kind like, of out of shape, just like out of place? Well, it was '90s intimidating. It reminds me kind of like a Bennett from like Commando. It's like, <laughs> you know, he's supposed to be intimidating, but you like you look at Arnold, and then you look at fucking Bennett, and then you look back at Arnold, and then you look back at Bennett, and you're like, this is not an equivalent fight, like. I get that you're tall, but Ben has chainmail. Yeah, but a fat guy with chainmail is pretty intimidating. <laughs> strip, strip Why are all the bad guys these chubby, tall fucks? Like, well, it's you know, it's like a lazy way as a foil, right? Like Jean Claude Van Damme is so tight and in shape, and his foes are so shitty looking and undisciplined, and he'll defeat them easily, and then he does. He's oh fuck! We forgot to talk about the knife fight. <laughs> oh no! We're jumping. We're jumping much back. like Time Cop. Let's jump back to that time one cop, scene. <laughs> so Time Cop is going back to his time apartment in the time future, <laughs> and he's driving his time car, and he pulls into his time garage, and he gets up, and he goes to his time bed, and he's he's just going to have a time rest. But then a guy with a time taser breaks into his house, <laughs> and he's about to hit him with it. Uh, uh, but he flips him over because he's Jean-Claude Van Damme and he's so cool. Then, because like they don't know how to do fight choreography, another guy shows up and he like gets rid of him really easily, so there's like no tension. Uh, but then a guy with two knives appears, and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme doesn't have a knife, so you think like, okay, this is going to be really serious, until he picks up a kitchen knife. And then what ensues is the dumbest knife fight I think I have ever seen committed to film, including the ones that we filmed in my garage when we were kids. <laughs> we're not releasing those, so it, nobody asked. It is terrible. They're actually out there. You can find them. Uh, I think all you need to do is tweet Adam, and uh, he'll, he'll send you the link. But Jean-Claude Van Damme defeats him by holding the knife in front of his face and then turning his wrist so the knife is pointed down and then up. And you think, like, okay, you could get away with that doing it, like, once in a fight, where, like, maybe the audience isn't paying attention, where, like, the dude is literally just stabbing at his knife and Jean-Claude isn't actually trying to stop him. But that goes on for about 30 seconds. This is, like, all of the fight scenes in this movie. It's, like, it's in the dark, first off. They're always in the dark. And then there's way more guys than there needs to be. There's always, like, oh, he took out this guy. Oh, now another one pops up. There's, like, always, like... Five enemies. It's exhausting. Like every single fight scene, you're just like, please, please fucking end. I cannot. 
handle this anymore. It's like, just get on with the plot. I get it. He's kicking. He's fighting. Yeah. And I know people go to this movie, these movies for that, but like, but it's not entertaining like Jackie Chan. It's really not entertaining it's, fight scene. It's because they're not. A it's f- not even entertaining like Steven Seagal. Yeah. That's no. how bad it is. Fucking John Claude has like two moves. It's called the splits and then it's called the high kick. And that's it. Yeah. Even this movie makes fun of his fucking kicking <laughs> at one point. He's like, you want to kick like you should have joined Broadway. And I'm like, God damn right. Man. That's what the bad guy says to him at one point. Yeah. The villains, the villains are it's... not threatening in any way. They're just, they're just more of a menace and they just smirk at Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, he kicks him in the face and is e- yeah. able to defeat them fairly easily. But yes, we do. We do get like the iconic splits like that. Oh yeah. That scene, the way it's like lit in, there is some tension because the taser is going to hit the water. So Jean-Claude Van Damme has to get out of the way. So he does the splits on the counter. Like that's an iconic scene. So wait, wait, wait oh, this yeah. is the second time he's done the splits because he did the splits in 1929. Yeah. For no fucking reason. Yes. When he had to punch the guy in the balls. In the nuts, he, de- he defeated him by yeah. punching him in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> the Johnny Cage move. You know, well, Johnny Cage was based on Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, yeah, because it's the <laughs> blood sport move, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They saw him do it once in blood sport and it was like, John. Johnny, do it again. We're, do that move. <laughs> we're we're gonna go. We're gonna go to the climax of this movie about a cop that travels through time, and the climax takes Wait, place. Wait, what about his wife, <laughs> well, who like sees him ten years older, and she's like, "Who are you?" That's <laughs> not important. His, his hair is a little bit longer, <laughs> no, and he's got a bit of a five o'clock shadow. That's very important. I mean, I did just mention it so we can move on. But <laughs> exactly the same season in the mall. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> he's longer hair. That's about it. Yeah. My husband would never have a mullet, ever. Even 10 years from now, he would never do it, so long as I was alive. <gasps> she immediately figures out that she's dead in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. Just second question. She's is, just like, I'm there too, right? And he doesn't say anything. Right? <laughs> surely I don't explode with our house, our precious house. And surely our house won't blow up again later in this film. And our unborn child. Uh, all right. Oh, so yeah. So now that I've properly set up the stakes, because babies and wives and stuff, uh, how does this all end up back at the house? He's just—he's literally going back to revenge what happened. Yes. He knows so two thousand two thousand four, Jean Claude Van Damme knows that Macomb and his goons are going to be there to kill nineteen ninety four Jean Claude Van Damme. So he's there to prevent it. He is now colluding or working with nineteen ninety four wife to make sure that she is safe while this. Yeah, while well, the thugs are going to come and try to kill 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme. They have a fighting chance because there's two. There's two Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, what is tougher than one Max Walker? A slightly older Max Walker. Exactly. <laughs> Strap in and feel the G's. Well, we'll get to the roof fight. <laughs> and then what proceeds is the next 20 minutes of just a dark, you can't even see what's happening fight scene where they're and it's raining and there's a but like you can't hear anything and it's the most boring monotonous fight scene and climax like a movie about time travel and the way it ends is you have a stupid fight scene where the woman is like climbing on the roof or whatever in some of some old <laughs> gothic mansion that how does he how does he afford that on the his, one thing I took away from that entire scene was the e trough was fucking amazingly strong. Yeah, we were we were all impressed by the house and how sturdy that house was <laughs> more than anything. It's like, oh, like it's- it was holding like 250 pounds at least, right? Two people. Well, these are flimsy metal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's really nothing to say because like ultimately it's just to get every character in the same room. So future Max Walker reveals that he placed a phone call to the senator's past version to get him to come to the house and then um, makes a really dumb one-liner about Broadway and kicking 
and then kicks the dude into himself, uh, where he becomes nullified. Uh, in the hit series reboot, uh, there's these things. No one knows that. No one knows that because it only aired in like Canada on YTV in the 90s. Here's my 30 uh, page essay and why Hexadecimal and Megabyte are some of the greatest villains of our time. So, number one. Yeah, there's there's some really lovely CG where uh, the same matter can't occupy the same space. That's a, that's like. No, you need to get back to the time travel for this. Okay. Rule one, you can't go forward. Rule two, the same matter cannot occupy the same space. So you can go back and talk to yourself in the past, but you cannot touch yourself because the same matter cannot occupy the same space. space. Uh, Dylan, uh, Tom here, I have a question. <laughs> uh, every seven years, my cells are completely exchanged, correct? Uh, you're the only one who has ever said that, so I'm <laughs> going off of what you've said, so, okay. But <laughs> let's say, look, for, for argument's sake, okay, sure, sure. Yes, Tom, yeah, that's, that's scientifically proven. <laughs> All right, so then when I touch myself 10 years ago, it's not the same matter anymore, is it? Well, if this was a court, I would say... Try, are you, okay, so you're talking about touching yourself in the past. Is this getting to, like, some homoerotic, like, fantasy of, like... I should be able to bone myself. <laughs> well, look, it's not. And there's nothing wrong. It's masturbation about this. Correct. What parts of myself can I bone? <laughs> like some of the cells have not regenerated, and some have stayed the same. Like I can't. The, the penis cells drop off first. <laughs> that's 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 okay. That's just biology. Yeah. yeah. I guess tech, it's like if you take every if you take a boat and you replace every single. <laughs> piece of it down to the individual screws is it still the same bolt this movie says yes this that's movie, the answer yeah, this yes, movie shall solved the ship of theseus problem in about two seconds there you go right yeah and the climax of the movie is when he touched the two senators touch themselves they just turn into this like gelatinous weird blob <laughs> and then kind of disintegrate yeah okay yeah, that's it oh of course no consequences yeah. <laughs> They just don't exist anymore. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, that would that, that would make really explain. That's it. it, it that's just kind of where the movie is. There's a whiteout every existence, every timeline of them. For, or if they went back just a little further, they would find another one. Well, 1993, he's still safe, yeah, but in so, 95, he's just gone. But if you go back to like 92 and then bring him forward, then he would be alive. Yes. So then he's still there, right? Like, what's the that's just the problem? Just, <laughs> How do we want to break? We just made down? a new timeline where he doesn't exist I, after. No, 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 no. Actually, no. Okay, <laughs> based on, based on no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Based on time cop rules from Macomb himself, Macomb says that one of the goons is holding 1994 uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, and he's just like, "No, we killed the 2004 one." He's just like, "No, if you killed him." The 1994 one wouldn't exist because in the chip uh, manufacturing place, we witnessed two or 1994 Macomb get kicked in the face and a scar formed on 2004. So it carries over. Yeah. So if you were to kill one, either from the future or the past, so 2004 or 1994, all of them would stop existing. I think that's how the no. rules of time oh, no, no, no. work. No, no, no. Kill the 2004 one. The 1994 one still exists. <laughs> Up until 2004. But then he would, like, wouldn't he be stuck in a loop where it, he would always have to go back to meet his end? Like, yeah. yeah. Time is a flat circle. We all <laughs> know <laughs> this. Infinite loop. <sighs> where he would always be, always know he would reach 2004 to go back to 94 and die. Yeah. 
Here's the real fucked up thing. What if both of them went back to like five years earlier? Then would there be three of them? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, would there just be like an infinite amount of them? Or there's an infinite amount of everybody. So, something. this is what Macomb should have done. He should have built an army of Macombs, just all of them, got them all together. Every single like six months, just go back and get them all to come forward. Think of the money they could have. Think of the fundraising possibilities. Could have been, of that. Yeah, become the president be of himself. <laughs> just <laughs> we could have gone door to door and been like, "Hey, you should vote for me for president." Everyone would be like, "He came to my door personally <laughs> to ask me to be vote for him for president." Really, he came to my door too. That's amazing. Okay, so so all of this. Everything makes sense except for the nullification, the blobification. Why would two people from different timelines create a blob of mass that disintegrates? Why can't mass, if mass can exist in the same general space, why can't it exist in the same precise space if they're coming from different, presumably different timelines? I think it's okay. So a car is built in 1994. Soul match. Here we go. Fucking soul match. Oh my god. So a car is built in 1994, and in the year 2000, it's recycled into a gun, and that gun is then issued to Max Walker, who then takes that gun back to 1994 and gets in the car that the gun was made from. Yes. Is that the same matter occupying the same space? Define matter. It is what makes us. The problem is... <laughs> well, based on the nullification, I think that's actually a pretty responsible, safe answer for the movie. Yeah. No follow-up. I'm not going to clarify that statement. Everyone just stop and think about what I yeah. mean by that. The I next hate the two minutes of this podcast will just be silence <laughs> where we're just thinking this I hate through. this movie more and more the more we talk about it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hate it as much as I did 90 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. so here's a side question. If you guys had time travel, like the first thing you would do is go back and get gold, or would you go back and like... See dinosaurs. Gold. Do you know how easy it is to kill Confederate soldiers with Tech Nines? They didn't stand a chance. They had a little chance. Well, they had a bit of a close. chance. Like they chose death. Let's say one guy's behind like a thick piece of wood, and he's like, "Oh, ducks," and just shoots the guy. It's like you've lost this battle. Um, so they had a chance, but yeah, I would just I wouldn't even get myself in that situation because like people in the Confederate times could have robbed Confederate carts do something smarter if you have all this knowledge but today's question i think i'd make myself rich and successful first uh, but then i'd probably be going to see some dinosaurs and stuff for sure but then there's butterfly effects all over the place because like just simply existing in that time you'd be bringing back such horrible horrible diseases that could be transmitted yeah (laughs) that's why you go back in the hazmat suit Right. But like, what if you take a breath of dinosaur air and then come back to the future and you exhale and some of those air molecules are the same? Is that the same matter? I'm sorry. I'm never getting off this topic. Yeah, we're going to have to. The poly exclusion (laughs) principle means nothing in this universe. If Carl Sagan taught me anything, it's that we're all made of stars. And so everything's the same matter. I'm a star boy. And if you listen to that, wrong. All these like little mistakes are just happy accidents. Was it a happy accident when the good senator turned into a puddle of fucking goo? All he wanted to do was be president. Is that so wrong? (laughs) And he might have been a good president, too. His number one policy... That's the thing. This guy didn't even grab anybody by their pussy. He was a nice guy. His number one policy decision was to shut down the TEC, which is causing all these problems in the first place. Is that so bad? If only Mission Impossible had this kind of a politician, like, I'm going to shut down the Impossible Mission Force, because it seems like the only bad guys come from the Impossible Mission Force. So, so which Tony Hawk would be like, no! 
I don't actually know his name. It's something like Ethan Tony Hawk. Ethan Hawk. Why can't we get it Ethan right? Ethan Hunt. <laughs> it's been months. It's, it's oh, Ethan Hunt. <laughs> oh, Ethan well, Hawk is someone else. We've all seen Gattaca. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love how you got it wrong yeah. trying to correct me. I'll edit that out. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's Ethan Hunt. <laughs> so so uh, he, he jumps back after saving the day and his unborn child and his wife and his past self. His house still blows up, but like it was a really cool explosion, so I'm glad we got to see it twice. He jumps back to the year of 2004. Yes. Where... Is this 2004? Yes. Okay. This is yeah. 2004. He, he jumps sure. back. Yeah. Uh, little does he know that the most horrifying situation possible is waiting for him. <laughs> the other rule that we haven't mentioned is that when you uh, jump back into the future, you have like, or maybe we didn't mention this, you have no memory of uh, of what was going on prior. So for you, when you leave in 94 and then jump to 2004, you just assume everything is mostly the same. But when you're met with the cold reality, you have no memory of what happened. You don't know what transpired. Correct. You basically just lose time. Yeah. Right? No, no, no. Okay, wait, wait, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. Hang on. All right. Okay, so, so when you jump... So he's, he lives in one existence on one timeline in 2004... He jumps back to 94, fucking changes a lot. A lot of things. He jumps back to 2004. Does he still remember his 2004 reality? Yes. yes. This is all nothing new one. Just his own reality. In that reality, right. his wife is dead. He has no son. Right. But in this new reality, uh-huh. he's had 10 years plus or whatever with his wife. I can't do math anymore. I think 94 to 2004 is 10 years. <laughs> right. So he has 10 years of memories that his family has but then he himself does not possess he doesn't know his kid he doesn't know his wife he doesn't know how he fixed his eavesdrops on his house <laughs> he doesn't know anything wait i thought his house exploded it did well he had to fix the eavesdrops yeah. at some point i mean when it blew up it took the eavesdrops stop <laughs> focusing on the eavesdrops despite the fact that the entire house exploded <laughs> but seriously that was but a sturdy house <laughs> Right? Yeah, he, he doesn't even know his own child. Doesn't name. He know how he replaced the eaves trough and also the rest of the building structure. <laughs> but he, he doesn't even know his own kid's name. The door opens, expecting to see his wife, and instead his kid rushes out and he's like, Oh dear yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Hello, <laughs> Father. Welcome back to your home. We are all Americans here. But that's the thing, yeah. So this this happy ending that the movie's trying to portray is actually just like this existential horror for Jean Claude Van Damme because he has no recollection. But- of no, this no, past it's okay. 10 years, Max right? Walker like, is too stupid to realize what has happened. <laughs> but, but, it's okay. but flip it, flip it now. Imagine being the wife or the the ten year old, right? His son, and now seeing your father, and they're just completely unaware. Like they just don't recognize you. Like something has switched in one day because they were living with a man that knew them, that has memories, that shared events with them, and now at this one moment of time, your father does not recognize you. Yeah, he doesn't like know your name. He just like it's just gone, and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> just... so, so my other question is what happens to that guy in, that lived that life that, that's exactly sh- there has there should be he's another Jean-Claude he's gone because yeah. we're not we're not he even is, dealing with real we're dealing changed, with a divergent yeah. timeline here you guys we're, cannot discuss while I'm <laughs> yeah we're dealing with branch realities this is we the problem to. with th- imagine three people recording on one mic okay <laughs> three people are recording on one mic but there's another guy who's anyway but there should be another Jean-Claude who's who's followed this existence Correct. Well, yeah, there is. He Does no he longer just... exists. Ninety-four Jean Claude took his place. Uh, but 
like 94, 2004. You know exactly what I mean when I say that. Don't it's try and pretend it, like, like it's confusing. No, I just didn't watch the movie very well, closely. I, it's implied that it would because otherwise uh, there would be two Jean-Claude's in the same place. I think when he parachutes back yeah. into his timeline, he has to assume that Jean-Claude that lived that timeline, but he doesn't have any memory of that. Otherwise, he's going to run into that one and then turn into a blob or something eventually, right? Yeah, so there has to be two Jean-Claude Van Damme's in that timeline right there. No, there's there's just the one. But that doesn't make yeah. sense based on the rules that Time Cop has provided what? us. No, this like, movie doesn't make sense. <laughs> look, time the Time Authority sent him out, right, on a mission. He came back. That's their perspective. From his perspective, everything has changed. So, wouldn't that actually be the question, mo- though, about if you leave on a mission and then when you come back to your original timeline, is it the exact same moment you left? Or is there like another time? So you left like, like at noon on Saturday. When he came back, it's now they don't they don't time. show enough. So for I us think to they know, do. Know that. I think they do. I think there is some time between time travel events. Like it, it's almost it's because, almost like there's well, a. Well, I think there isn't. Glad we could settle that. <laughs> like the other option is that he goes back in time and whatever. Say he's back in time in 1929. It takes him six hours to solve that problem with the guy betting on the stock market, and then he comes back with him. I guess six hours might have elapsed in his original 2004 time. So in the meantime, that guy mm-hmm. with the VR set's got like six hours of jerking time before he shows up, and then he's <laughs> got to get back to work. That's the other way this could have played. Okay, but here's 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 the logical conundrum. Okay, so there is a 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme, and there's a 2004 Jean-Claude Van Damme Correct. who are fighting outside the house against mullet shin pads guy yeah. right yep. yes they are definitively two of them okay. yes as far as 94 jean-claude van damme is concerned his wife is alive he knows she's pregnant he's avoided the initial fate that befell 2004 jean-claude van damme which is the house exploded with his wife is in it okay. mm-hmm. that jean-claude van damme that 1994 jean-claude van damme lives a completely different 10-year existence Correct. from the 2004 Jean-Claude Van Damme, yes. who has yep. gone back in time. Okay, yes. 2004 Jean-Claude Van Damme jumps to 2004, right? Yes. Yeah. 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme continues his life with his family, with his child, up until 2004 to meet up with that jumper. So does, 90, does that 94 Jean-Claude Van Damme immediately cease to exist because this other 2004 that's, Jean-Claude Van Damme has jumped back? And that's why I'm saying there's two of them that's, there. Because the 1994 has, has lived there, his life right? with this family, raised them. But the 2004 that was from that went to prevent the 1994 incident now has traveled into their timeline, making it their main timeline. So there's two Jean-Claude Van Dammes in this timeline now. And that's where right. they don't acknowledge it. And they just say, no, 2004 is now the main Jean-Claude Van Damme. You guys, you, and so Time Cop 2 is called Time Cop 2 Lost Timelines. And it's all about <laughs> these displaced Jean-Claude Van Dams who have done the right thing, saved the day, but by doing so, have cut their timelines out of existence and now have nowhere to exist. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, so they, you're overthinking it. Or what's the the local? TVA? No, you're you're overthinking it because like here's here's the ending of Time Cop. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme gets a happy ending. There, that's as far as you need to think about. It. I know so, I'm making it better. So the thing is, like, if they would have just said that he got all the memories of that new timeline, I would have been completely fine. With it. The thing is, like, the first viewing, 
And if we were back in like 1994 when we watched this movie, like we went to the theater and watched it, we'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. And you don't think about it ever again. You just push it aside. It's a great movie that way. But once you start breaking it down, it just starts collapsing in on itself. Okay, we recut Time Cop into like a psychological thriller where the (laughs) ending's actually this like, this dystopian nightmare where he comes back and realizes he's finally gotten what he wants. But by doing so, he's cut his own life and existence out of the proper timeline. And so he has to battle with himself as, do I kill myself to take his place? Mm -hmm. Do I have the right to kill the father and husband of my wife and child? And that's time cop yeah. too. And then in doing murderous so, Boogaloo. yeah. And then in doing so, he gains his soul power from that murder Jean Claude Van Damme. And then he continues jumping throughout different timelines and killing other Jean Claude Van Dammes to become the one. Do you think TMT three is related to time <laughs> time travel, maybe? And that there actually is that it was oh Casey Jones. <laughs> I, that should, so that was actually a question that I was going to propose once we finally wrap this up. Do you of like, think there was a magical lantern in the back of that shuttle? <laughs> we never saw inside the shuttle. It could have been. Uh, it could be there. That would have been funny. They're just propelled by uh, ancient The only way to figure technology. this out is if we watch Back to the Future 3 in close detail. I think it's the only way we can solve this. Maybe it's like a dark history where it's like the... What's that movie with the magician where he clones himself? And the like, Prestige. Yeah. So it's like that. Every time they go back in the back to the past, they have to like murder the new one. There's only one still. And it's like the back of the TV. I think there's actually been a time travel movie with that plot. Jet Li's the one. Oh, I was just saying oh, that. Guys, I don't know if that's a time travel movie. <laughs> I was going, that's where my tangent was going with this. I thought I thought you were going on a no, Highlander we tangent. Oh no, I was going for the one because uh yeah, Jet Li's the one is fantastic. Don't you remember Drowning Pools? But the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> that was the main song for that whole movie. <laughs> it's just blaring in the background. <laughs> no, that's disturbed. Get your, uh, get, okay, get your 2000s this new down. metal in order. One, nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Two, God. No. Oh my so God. So we need to watch like five other movies to get closure on this movie? No, <laughs> to wash the taste of Time Cop out of our mouths, we need to watch other movies. Yeah, we might just have to do a time traveling series. Uh, where we just continue watching time travel movies and see if we go insane by doing so. Time Cop is like biting into a chicken breast that you didn't know had an abscess in it. <laughs> oh, God. That's a <laughs> Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we're going to go around the table and get everybody's opinion of this movie. So would you recommend, <laughs> did you like Time Cop? Let's start with Dylan. Did you like this movie? Would you recommend it to others? No, no. <laughs> Um, those fight scenes were fucking so boring, long, dark, and just like, I could not stand it. The, the time travel stuff's always fun to talk about, but like, they barely touched on it. Uh, no, don't watch this. Fantastic. God, no. Uh, Tom, I have a feeling I know what your opinion's gonna be on this, but would you recommend this? Did you like this movie? Time Cop is like biting into a chicken breast (laughs) that you didn't know had an abscess in it. Like, on the outside, you're like, oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's just going to travel through time and, like, kick people? Like, oh, it's going to be really fun. He's going to be in the Middle Ages. He's going to be in the 20s. And he's going to be in, like, the far future. It's going to be great. It's going to be a blast. There's going to be a bunch of set changes. Instead, all you get is, like, plastic shit glued to a car and then a house blows up. Twice. <laughs> was it the same scene? He's <laughs> used it twice? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> God, that house was yeah, so sturdy. I mean, you got to save some money. Dave, Dave, would you recommend this? And did you enjoy this movie? Uh, No. This this movie just it just makes so many questions. You just keep questioning everything. 
Is reality even happening right now? We don't know. <laughs> Are we in a simulation? We'll find out next yes. week. Uh, Matthew, no, that, I, did you like this movie? I Would really you wanted it? to. I like Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's he's kind of... Uh, there are actually a lot of things in this movie that were stolen by other movies, which is kind of interesting to look at now in retrospect. There's some minorities purport stuff they stole, but... Yeah. Oh, I would rather watch another 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, but that you might know by the name of Street Fighter, the better one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sunday. Sudden Death. I think, you want to well, sudden death I think he did this back-to-back, yeah, back, didn't he? he? 1994 was a big year for Jean-Claude. This is also... Time Cop is, is also his best-selling... Or a highest grossing movie, I yep. think, right? I have a stat. Yep, I have yeah, a stat on this that we can talk about in after hours for sure. I got some hidden gems about. Yeah, time but clock, honestly, that I, the, I like if you guys. if you want uh, if you want a, a, your Jean Claude itch to be scratched, there are other places you can go. You can see him do splits <laughs> and look at his butt in other places. So no, don't recommend. Yeah, I would I wouldn't recommend this movie. But if it was a Sunday and you had nothing to watch and you're just lying around on the couch and it was on TV, yeah. I, I think I'd be fine just watching it in the background. But overall, it was a good first go. I was thoroughly entertained uh, as we're watching this movie. There's a lot of laugh out loud moments. Uh, maybe it's like a group mentality where you have to watch it with a, a bunch of boys. But if you're watching by yourself, maybe it's not as enjoyable. So don't recommend. Probably wouldn't watch again unless it's on a Sunday afternoon and there's nothing else on. Okay, that concludes another episode of Grindhouse Courthouse. Time Cop, 1994 Time Cop. We do not recommend just go do something else with your time and don't think about time travel ever again. Thank you for listening. Watch Back to the Future 3. <laughs> <laughs>